Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Complete Geeks podcast. I am Organic and I am joined by the walking palindrome, <laughs> Bob. What's up? Nothing much. Witcher 3 has fucking consumed my life. I know. It's yeah. I'm. It's like this third week I've seen you on Xbox pretty much nonstop. I know. It's been, it's been crazy because I just, I've told myself this year that I have to like stick to one game rather than doing a bunch of them and so i was just like okay i'll just play the witcher 3 and now i'm 67 hours in something like Man, that yeah it's 67 hours yeah yeah from anybody's standard that's a shitload but from the yeah. witcher side that's eh, making yeah. a dent yeah so um in the scheme of things like you're in the starting town and then you go to novigrad and then like level 16 they you know you can go to the next island which is uh skellige i am level 22 about to be 23 and i did everything like for the most part in overgrad and just now i'm just getting to skellige and i'm like because i got to the point where i was actually going into like i was picking up missions and they were like level 35 dlc missions and i'm like whoops like there's such a seamless transition. I was like, "Holy yeah. shit, this is awesome!" Man, I'm I am so jealous of people that are into The Witcher. I've yeah. just never been able to get over that hurdle. It's uh, kind of fan- fantasy games in general don't uh, do a lot for me. Even though I I love Zelda, but right. I'm hoping that where I don't I'm not grabbed by The Witcher, but Cyberpunk, I'm hoping is the one that really takes me there. Yeah, and I've I've noticed with like CD Projekt Red games, like you have to get by the first few hours, because the first one I first played The Witcher back when it came out, it was the same thing. I was like two or three hours in, and I was like, this is not grabbing me. Like, this is not exciting to me. I I don't understand, and I can't wrap my head around it, especially all the dodging and stuff like that. And then I just quit and gave it up for like three or four years, and then. Once realizing the size of the game and the DLC, I was like, man, I'm never going to play this game. And this past time I sat down and I was like, you know what? Let me push by this and see what happens. And I pushed by it and here we are, you know, almost 70 hours later. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I can't, like, I just got off right before we started recording and I'll probably end up going back to it after we're finished. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a perfect time to get into a game like that. Yeah. Now, you don't feel any pressure. There's no. nothing. Okay, I gotta get this done before so I can start this. But yeah, and at first I was I was upset that all the games were getting delayed, especially like Cyberpunk and Final Fantasy and stuff. And then once I sat down and started thinking about it, I just thought to myself, "Well, shit, this just gives me more time to play this game." Okay. Only thing I'm afraid of is I hope I don't get burned out by the time Cyberpunk comes and not want to play it because I'm in the same boat as you. Like fantasy is like okay to me but if you give me like a futuristic like cyberpunk game like that where it's like you know dilapidated city but in the future and you know cyborgs running running rampant and stuff and i i am all for that yep yeah so outside of that anything else you've been up to um one thing i did i went to a friend of mine's house in new york and we because they're moving soon and so we wanted to spend you know a few weekends with them before they left and I went, so we went up to, uh, where is it? Upstate New York somewhere. I forget the name. Port Jefferson. There it is. And, uh, what, what part of the state is that? I mean, is that east, west side of the state? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not a geologist. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a geographer. I, I had All somebody right, actually, I'll, yeah, give, I'll give yeah, you upstate. Yeah. And, uh, but one thing I did pick up on the way there, I was like, oh, well, I, I need my Witcher fix. So let me pick up Witcher three for the switch. And have you ever gotten that vibe from Switch games where you're like, it's impressive that it's running on this, and I'm really proud for you guys to do this, but it doesn't need to be there? Like, Yeah, I I would say I've gotten that feeling on a lot of the probably past Nintendo consoles. Yeah, and so... that, that The first one that comes to mind is when they did, uh, what was it, Arkham Knight? For the Wii U? Was yeah. It? Yeah, it was... Was it Arkham... Yeah, no, it was uh, Arkham Origins, right? Yeah. No, no, no. no Arkham City. A, no, no. Arkham City. Yeah, but... Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's the way this game feels. It, it's just... 
it's one of those things where it's cool that it's there and it's very impressive that you you know 30 it's a 32 gig card and you're able to fit all the dlc on it and the game runs great but the cutscenes are just especially when you're used to playing on like pc or like even the xbox one x the xbox one x is like lock 34k and it just seems like the cutscenes for this while they maintain a good level of detail like playing in portable mode it's just it seems like they run like 15 to 20 frames a second and it's really like it's really jarring and then it's almost like you're playing the n64 version of the game because the game has got a really big haze to it and i guess that's to help reduce like pop in and things like that and so like i'm playing it for a little while and i'm like oh like i'm i'm like i mean this is impressive but i'm just not i don't see that one being my like go-to in terms of putting that much time into it now does that have cross save on it no unfortunately it doesn't or else Uh, yeah yeah. see that that would be the the big sell for me yeah you could take your save state anywhere but i know that like if if Xbox Live says you know they bring it to they bring it to Nintendo and they're able to do that kind of stuff, especially with specific games like that are, you know that are coming out on the Switch and Xbox, there's some kind of cross save feature. I'd be all over that. I would that would have been more exciting to me because I think another thing that bless you, um, another thing that got me was the daunting task of going over and starting the game all over again. So I was like, man, I can't do this. Yeah, so, yeah, and. That's pretty much it for me. I yeah, I played a little bit of Dragon Quest. That was it, and I was playing. Actually, the one game I did get addicted to, I was playing while I was there. Was uh, I played a lot of Thumper. Oh um, yeah, I that was one of the first VR games that I picked up. Yeah, I I get super into that game where I'm like, and I felt bad because I was like, oh man, I was like, here it is. I'm gonna freaking crack my Switch light in half because I was sitting there white knuckling it the whole time <laughs> while I'm sitting there playing. But it's just. I don't know. It's just a mesmerizing game, like as simple as it is. Like you pop on a set of headphones, and even the music here, like I don't know if I can get into this. But then once you get into the beat and you realize that you're part of the beat, it's just I don't know. It's an incredible game for how simple it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's. I mean, I still haven't played Beat Saber, but man, I miss those just music games. DJ yeah. Hero was one of my favorite ones that they ever did, and that was kind of the similar of the swapping back and forth with tracks, <laughs> just strictly getting into the music and not worrying about the buttons yeah and i'm actually staring at a set of uh i'm staring at a set of turntables for dj here they're beside my television because i when when they were like going on clearance i realized that the ps2 and the ps3 ones are universal oh like, yeah they yeah they still have they still had a wireless dongle so i just i picked up like three of them for like five <laughs> bucks a piece and i was like and then I just bought the, you know, because obviously the games without the turntables are super cheap. I think I bought DJ Hero 1 for like, I don't know, like two bucks. And then I bought like DJ Hero 2 for like four bucks. Yeah, there's a... Yeah, there's, and that, that turntable, man, that was that was pretty uh, beefy hardware. Yeah. It sucks that, it sucks as you probably won't, you know, that, that whole entire thing has died out now. You know what's gotten really expensive is the freaking Rock Band set. Man, like, I've yeah. seen that. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit. Like, at first you couldn't give these things away, and now people are paying ludicrous amounts of money for them. Yep. Yeah. But that's that's it for me. How about you? How are you been up to? Man, finally, finally had a calm, well, calming of the storm at work. Yeah. So, gotten to play a few games here and there. Nice. Um, I've been kind of on my search for a single player game to get in. Hmm. And. I jumped into Shadow of the Tomb Raider for a little bit. Oh. I I still have not completed Rise of the Tomb Raider, which I want to actually go back to kind of start that, but I just kind of wanted to get my feet wet in to Tomb Raider again, and yeah, I think that's going to be kind of my go-to for the next few weeks. Nice. Yeah, I mean, um, you got you got plenty of time now, so get it in while you can. Yeah, and the, after Control, it's just something I need to kind of start to work on my back catalog that's completely massive. Yeah, it, it's, it's speaking of control, because I know we talk about it all the time. There's a person who posted on Reddit, like just talking about how much they love control and they did all like all these moves back to back and made this big combo. And I'm just looking at it, I was like, I never fucking played the game like that. I fucking suck at this game compared to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I look like a fucking bumbling idiot. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, that's and it's. I want to go back eventually and replay that game. Just yeah. now that I know what's leading up and how to stack skill trees, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I've been doing the Tomb Raider side, and then yeah. I've been jumping into Madden Twenty, the knockout KO mode, which oh, is shit. probably one of my favorite modes in a sports game. No, um, now remind past me what ten years. Nice. Now remind me what's that mode again? That mode is where you start, you basically pick your coach, which is just the different play styles between eight different coaches, hmm. and then you go through, I think it is four or five rounds of selecting characters, hmm. and you kind of just build your team, and then it matches you up against somebody else online, and it's basically one quarter, you have one possession to score, there's no, no kicking, at all huh. so you have to go for an extra point oh, if you score the other team gets a chance if they score then it goes into a tug of war match where you both sit at the 50 yard line and they they get one snap you get one snap and you go through four different snaps first <laughs> one to score wins the game no shit that sounds cool that's like a, it seems like it's pretty pick up and play compared to actual full game yeah you, you yeah. can finish off a game in three three to five minutes easily that's sick. And now, then, is there is there like tie? Is there like after you do the four snaps? Is there like a tiebreaker or anything, or is it just like you come out as a draw? Um, actually, they've changed it recently, <laughs> and after every snap, the end zone gets slightly larger. Oh, <laughs> so you? I've had one game where the end zone was essentially all the way out to the forty yard line. Holy shit! And after, you, if you win the game, then you get to take one of their players, or you can draft another one and so after four rounds of that game you get a pretty stacked team and four four round wins is basically like a championship huh and i think you get some like madden ultimate team points but i don't really play for that right I just kind of play for the arcadiness of it it can't be that i mean that's those are the best games like those are the best games because like you said you're not playing to get ranks or anything you're just playing just to play and so you can pick up and play if you lose a couple rounds you can walk away from it or if you win a couple you're like oh cool i won yeah and i I wish they had private matches in that because i think it would be a really cool one once madden 20 goes free on access as a community deal but maybe they'll do it down the road yeah here's the hope and that'd be i haven't played (laughs) i haven't played a madden game or any particular sports game so damn long there was a new tennis game that was came out that got pretty decent scores, and I was thinking about picking it up because I was always addicted to virtual tennis. And so, I'm like, oh, oh shit. man, I saw that as well. And I'm yeah. like, I look at the reviews, and I'm like, I know it's not going to be as good as that. And then I'm like, why can't Sega just bring that back? I know Sega just needs to fucking pony up, just make it a downloadable game, twenty bucks, and it'll sell like gangbusters. Man, Dreamcast, I lived on that. All the mini games in it. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have a whole another episode about the dream. Yeah, Toast, Toast is gonna bitch at us. Yeah, don't want to start that again. Right. And then uh, this week I've been holding off, but I'm gonna end up pulling the trigger on the Apple Plus. Um, oh shit! After you talked about that space show. Yeah. It's it's yeah. definitely worth it. It's it's really you'll really like it. I think it's really fucking cool. The sh- the show that we're talking about is for all mankind, and yeah, it was. It was one of those things where I, I was like, oh, you know, the wife sat down and she was like, another one is too is the morning show. So it's literally, yeah, like, yeah it's like about like a today show type of drama. And we watched, ended up watching both of those back to back. And I was like, I was just like, holy shit, like these people are actually coming out hard with good, uh, with good content. And for all mankind got renewed for a second season too. So, you know, you don't have to worry about like getting burned or anything like that. Yeah, I saw it's like five bucks a month, so yeah. really feel like you're out too much. And no. I've been scrounging to figure out something to watch. And last night I watched Super Size Me Too, which was a horrible mistake. Oh God, I, <laughs> I, all, I all depressed about eating chicken. I mean, I hate that. I hate that movie because they got rid of Super Size because of that. I'm like, man, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want my half a gallon of Coke, thank you very much. That's right. But well, cool, man. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Anything on the collection side for you? So, actually, yeah, I have a couple things. I picked up um, a couple new Lego sets. I picked up Obi-Wan's Hut. 
I thought it was really cool. It's actually like his little hut from uh, A New Hope. It opens yep. up and has like the inside. It has uh, a little R2-D2 that has the little um, Princess Leia hologram and stuff like that and has a couple Tusken Raiders with it. I was like, oh, this is a kick-ass set. And then another one I found on clearance, I found a, the Overwatch set with uh, Junkrat and what's his other name? Roadhog. There it is. I don't play Overwatch. I just like the sets. Yeah. Um, it was it was normally fifty bucks. It retail for fifty bucks, and Walmart's really good for like clearancing shit out. So I ended up getting it for twenty five bucks. I was like, shit, I'll take half off. Yeah, I actually saw I was at Target tonight, um, and they were starting to clearance some of their Lego Movie Two sets. Yeah, that I, I think the movie didn't do as well as they hoped, and so a lot of those sets got retired really, really quick because. I think they were just like, to them, they were just wasting precious shelf space. So usually on average, it's about a year for a set to before it gets retired. I think with the Lego Movie 2 stuff, it was like, I think they started like eight months. And it was yeah. just like, it, I think they just wanted to get it off the shelves. And I mean, there was a lot of really good sets with that, but it's just unfortunate. And also they came swinging out the gate. They're like There's sets ranging anywhere from $10 all the way to $250 and there's more sets that are on the higher end of the spectrum yep. in terms of price. And it, I mean, even me, it priced me out on some of them where I was like, man, fuck that. That's not worth it to me, you know, in terms of buying certain sets where I'm like, yeah, I'll just wait until it goes on sale and stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's disappointing, but you know, what can you do? You shouldn't have released that many sets at once. Yeah, actually, uh, I just put one together with my daughter that I got her for Christmas. It was the Sweet Mayhem ship from Lego yeah. Movie 2, which was, I think it was $80, and it was 502 pieces. I yeah. mean, it was, a, it was a little over an hour build, but... Yeah, I mean, Lego Legos, it's like hit and miss with some of the things, you know, with Lego, because, like, the Batmobile was, like, over 3000 and it was $250. And I mean, it's a probably one of the best sets I ever built in -hmm. terms of like aesthetic and the way it looks and just the sheer weight and the quality of the build. Because it took me a while. It took me probably about like 10, 12 hours if you put it all together. And it's just I'm I'm looking at to my right and I'm just like, I don't want to put it up on a high shelf because I want to be able to see it's that fucking good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, you know. And Lego does it too with their Star Wars sets. Like their Star Wars sets are have been incrementally going up, and to the point where I'm like, "Well, fuck you! I'll just wait till it goes on sale until Target or somebody knocks twenty percent off, and then I'll buy it." Because I'm not paying, you know, ninety dollars for an X-wing. All right, I got a Lego question for you. I know um, what you got. I didn't have Lego sets as a kid, and I've only mm-hmm. put a few together with my daughter. But mm-hmm. it absolutely wrecked me this weekend that I they included the wrong piece. Oh shit! Have you ever had that happen? I've had, I've had a couple things happen. Not now. This is in the grand scheme of things on how many Lego sets I have. I've had a couple that were missing pieces. Um, I've had set. I've had more sets that have that have had like messed up sticker sheets, like crumpled up sticker sheets than anything. Oh yeah, yeah. You can actually still get replacements for those. Just FYI, if you needed to, and uh. Yeah, not very not very often do I see missing pieces. Every once in a while I'll get a missing piece or a wrong piece, but I mean, we're talking like maybe one in every like 50 sets, something like that. Yeah, yeah luckily this one didn't affect anything. It was a it was supposed to be a flat black brick single mm-hmm. single dot on top, and the hmm. one they included was one with two dots. Weird. But I was just like I'm looking all over and this is the only piece that fit that area. <laughs> so you're just and like, the, man, shit. At, yeah, and I'm like, all right, well, maybe it's maybe it's in another bag, and then I'm like, not wanting to touch that piece of the build, right? But so as long as it didn't affect anything, I mean, but if it does, if it does, Lego's customer service is really, really good about getting you stuff. Like, pretty much they do like a one-time thing where you can give them like the set number and give them your information and stuff, and tell them that you're missing a piece, and they'll mail you out the piece free of charge. And it's the same way with like sticker sheets and stuff like that. If if they're messed up though, and they have no qualms sending it to you, and there's not like a thing where they're like, "Oh, show me the proof of purchase, show me this, and show me that." They're like, "Whoops, sorry about that. Here you go." 
Hmm. The only good to know. Yeah, the only thing that's difficult with that is like, you know, you got assholes that try to get minifigures off of it. Like, especially like when you're talking about like big sets, like the Millennium Falcon and things like that, where they have exclusive minifigures. Then those people are like, well, I want that exclusive minifigure, and it's like there's not a possibility of it actually the whole thing actually missing. So yeah, you're just being greedy. Yeah, it's actually I've I thought about that before because. I used to be into photography a few years back, and I followed this one guy that would always do a lot of scenery photos with the minifigures and mm-hmm. all these different poses and stuff. And I'm like, I was like, no way they're buying all these sets to get these figures. And then I'm like, oh, maybe they have some workaround. I there, it, it's crazy when you start going into like the Lego community and stuff like that. There's there's a lot of people that'll actually sell a set at a loss so they can have the minifigures they won't keep anything else. They'll just, they'll buy the set. They'll either put it together or they'll go over and, you know, sell the set and then keep all the minifigures. And so the set, like you start to see on certain sets, how much an actual set is worth when the minifigures are missing because they just, they, you have a whole entire sect of collectors that are just minifigure collectors. So I can believe it. Yeah. But on the, on the other collection side, I picked up, uh, Jack Specific has the master license for Nintendo figures here. And okay. so they do a, they do a four-inch scale set of uh, Nintendo figures, the world of Nintendo figures. And the most recent wave, they released a Boo. Like nice. The little, yeah, a little white ghost. Yep. So it's like a big, like, it's a big version of it. They've released in, like, two-inch and, like, small sizes before, but this is the first time they ever did it in that size. And when I was in New York at Target, and I was like, oh, shit. I found it and it's cool. It's got little articulated arms. It's tongue tongue is articulated. And I was like, this is good. This is a great piece. I like this. Tar- Target has a really good set of, uh, Mario sets now and figures. Oh. oh yeah. And then, um, the next thing was, uh, Mattel, Mattel used to have the master license for DC universe. So you'll see like DC multiverse and DC universe classics. They're like the six inch scale. DC figures, they were, the, like, the big rulers back in, like, anywhere between, like, 2008 to 2000 and, like, hmm, like, 2014, 15, something like that. Like, where they were, like, the kings of every single DC figure was coming out, was coming through them. But over the past few years, they've gone off the radar and really, like, shit the bed. Because I guess <laughs> they're... Like DC. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, I mean, their collector division is just like, their collector toy division is just like up Shit's Creek without a paddle right now. And so, one of the things they did was they end up dropping the DC license. I don't know whether it's not they could afford it or like somebody outbid them, but uh, McFarland Toys bought them, bought the license. And so, interesting. Yeah. So, your boy, your boy who runs, you know, who did all the spawn figures from back in the 90s yep. is now. Doing and he has the same moniker. It's under DC Multiverse, and uh, I picked up the Superman from it, and it's seven inch scale, which is a little bit taller than what I collect. But mm-hmm. honestly, it's probably one of the best Superman figures I own. Really? Yeah, it's one of the best looking Superman figures I own. It's super clean. It's super articulated because before it was like McFarlane went to this whole like statue thing because he had a hard on for like he was like having cut joints and articulation looks like shit. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. well, I'm not buying any of your shit, so fuck off. So over the past few years, especially once Fortnite started getting really big through them, he started actually like, oh, action figures do sell. No shit, Sherlock. And <laughs> so this past, like, with all the DC multiverse stuff, it's actually like they're action figures, not just freaking statues. And so the Superman's super articulated. He actually comes with, like, a flight stand, multiple hands. Like, it's a really good sculpt. Like, the his emblem is actually not painted on. It's a... It's actually molded in, and he has a metal. It's like a metallic paint, and his cape's like just a flat red, so it makes it like super duper nice. And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this is your first foray into DC figures, and the stuff that you put out looks ten times better than what Mattel put out at the end of their cycle. And you know they had the license for like you know eight, ten years, and so now is he is he going pretty authentic with them or putting his own kind of spin on them? No, the the Superman that he released is is uh, a pretty much a classic Superman. There's no like, oh, it's nice. not any kind of weird like McFarlane style Superman. Yeah. It's not it's not anything like that. And I think that's like partially like DC's control. Like you know you can't release like 
something that isn't outside of comic canon. Plus, a lot of that shit doesn't sell well these days. And so it's just like release a generic, you know, release generic Superman and that thing will sell. And then apparently they have been selling because all the ones on Amazon won't ship for like another month. They've actually been like their initial stock was bought out because I was looking at getting the Batman and it's I can't find it. Yeah. Yeah. One the one thing I saw that was really cool was uh, speaking of Spawn, the next wave of Mortal Kombat figures will actually have a Spawn in it. And, Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I was like, holy shit. I was like, you know how long it's been since we actually had like an articulated spawn figure? I mean, you're talking like what? Like, you're talking like early oh, 2000s? Man. And that yeah. figure was ultra rare? So I was like, holy shit. Like, okay, I can get behind this. So that, <laughs> I was just telling a couple of buddies of mine today that like, if, if McFarlane came out of the gate and did spawn again right now, you know, with all the nostalgia stuff and releasing all the classic cards and stuff, I buy every single one of them because those sculpts back in the day were, they were so good looking. They were so different than like Toy Biz X Men and stuff, and they were just oh, out man, of control man. how good they were. Yeah, everything about Spawn was just so so different to what we were used to. Yeah, and so it's just it's disappointing to see that he hasn't gone back to the well after a while. And I understand there was a lot of collector burnout because I mean. He kept on switching waves and kept on switching the style figure and kept on releasing all these all these bloat and repaints and and he you know Todd McFarlane because he's a dickhead won't admit that he did it but he'll be like oh well you guys just ran out of money <laughs> and it's like man fuck you I don't feel like buying the same figure four times even though I will yeah. for NECA for the Ninja Turtles yeah one one of my favorite videos I found was when the Venom movie came out a couple mm-hmm. years back. They had McFarlane kind of give his take, so he brought in the character and kind of did all these edits to what design of it would be. And, man, I wish wish they would have gave him some control on that. Yeah, I know. There's, I mean, the man's still a fantastic artist. And, yeah, yeah. it's... <laughs> I, saw, I can't get behind freaking Beanhead Venom. <laughs> it's, like, why is your head, it's like, why is your head so small, Venom? Why is it so slipped back? It's like... <laughs> yep. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean that's I've talked way more. This is the more I've, most I've talked about collections, I guess, because I'm not here to put toast to sleep. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a pretty good haul, man. Yeah, yeah, I can't complain. Um, mine's been fairly light. I just finally received two prints that I got. That was about two months ago. Yeah, and it was from Gray Matter, and nice. they they do rare prints, kind of like Mondo, and then there's Bottleneck Gallery. Okay, but I got. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Oh, are those the ones you posted on Discord. I, yeah, if the, I had if I had space to put stuff like that, it's so sick. Yeah, it's a side profile of them. Um, probably one of my favorite features of it is Winter Soldier has such a deadly, like menacing look just from the side profile. That's awesome. And then you look at Captain America, and he just looks defeated. And his his eyes are just pointed down, like. And like man, just instantly. In the eye. And when I when I rolled him out of the tube, I'm like, I gotta go watch the movie now. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah, it's Winter Soldier time. I gotta do this. Yep. Have you ever read the book? I have not. You should if you can find a digital or or physical copies of it. The book is excellent. So yeah. so imagine like Winter Soldier, you know, except like pretty much on steroids. Like he does everything to try to take down Captain America, and it's. That's one of the things that got me back into comic books, and it's probably one of the best. That's what like pretty much threw Captain America into like, oh shit, this is actually a serious character, not just some, you know, patriotic, patriotic thing for America. It was like, you know, he's a relevant character, and that that's right before, that that was during like right before and during Civil War, like the actual comic book, like the comic okay. books of it, and yeah, it's a really really freaking good read. Yeah, one one thing that um, really bugs me about that movie was rewatching it. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the only movie that I think every scene with Captain America's shield is CG. Really, that's weird. Yeah, I I remember seeing that, and I think it was the bonus stuff, but just some of the scenes it just doesn't hold up as well. Huh, that's that's disappointing. And, and it's it's a weird choice because even when I think when he's holding it, but. Hmm. I wonder why. I wonder why go that route. <laughs> I have no idea. I guess. I guess so they can do like the. 
I guess if they could do like the scuffs and stuff like that, like they show up live and it stays in continuity. But I mean, really, nobody's unless you're a fucking turbo nerd. Even me, I have Captain America shield tattooed on my leg. I wouldn't be paying attention to that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange choice. All right. Well, moving on from that, what do we got for news? <laughs> Jack shit. <laughs> Um, I got I got one thing. All right, what um, you got? One thing that extremely excited me, but also disappointed me because I know it's going to be like turtles of Uh-oh. this past holiday. Is Arcade One Up's next machine they're putting out? Mm-hmm. Is NBA Jam? Fucking shit! <laughs> Did you see that? No, I haven't. It is their next four-player cabinet. Oh my god! I I. I appreciate, um, I have never been a humongous fan of NBA Jam, but I know people who, people who love it and, oh, is that thing, did it just say it's going to have online multiplayer? That's weird. Yep. Yeah. It is going to have online multiplayer up to four different cabinets at a time. That's crazy. So you can just link them up in your own house. Yeah. Wi-Fi enabled to play against one another. Yeah, it or it's going to be an online community, I think. That's crazy. It looks good. It looks really good. Yeah, it's going to have NBA Jam and then NBA Jam Tournament Edition. But if I remember right, like I used to read a bunch of stuff on kind of the history of it. Mm-hmm. But I think when that game came out to SNES and Genesis, I think it was the number one selling game that year, which is, just shows you how big it was. To be honest with you, that doesn't that doesn't sound too far-fetched. I'm pretty sure. I remember. I remember people used to being obsessed with it. I never knew what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah. I was a I think the last like major sports game I was obsessed with was uh World Series baseball for well, Tecmo Bowl for the NES and then World Series baseball for the Genesis. Oh man, World Series baseball is so good. Yeah. It, yeah, it's just the <laughs> the giant shadows after a home run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But no, that's but yeah. that's really freaking cool. I'm I'm glad to see that they're expanding more into into doing this kind of stuff. And even though they're four hundred dollars, it's like okay, cool. Like now we're gonna start doing stuff like this, and and it still looks like it's still saying the same price of three ninety nine. So and of all the cabinets to have it, that's perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see who owns the license to that because I remember they did a. A new version of NBA Jam on Xbox Arcade, and I think EA did it at the time. So, hmm. And then just... they're also they're also doing a an accessory for the Star Wars cabinet, which is a bolt-on bench to sit on. Oh, that! Oh, to, shit! To, yeah, to, to make me... it like the actual like true arcade setup. Okay, so the only issue that I have with that. Is it like a third of the size is the regular one? Yeah. Oh man, that's gonna be fucking tight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm six one, six two, and I could imagine I I couldn't imagine trying to sit in something like that. I barely my fat ass barely fits into the regular one. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's gonna be certain people that get it, but man, that's a lot of floor space that that's gonna take up yeah regardless of regardless of whether it's you know 75 percent of the size or not it's still like you said it takes up a lot of real estate and plus another thing is too is like it takes up a lot of real estate and regardless for the nostalgia people those games aren't that spectacular they're not games where i'm like oh man like i love the artwork and everything and i love the the vector graphics and stuff but they're not games where like oh man like I need to go out and buy this, like, right now. I need to do this. Like, holy shit. Yeah, that's when you see kind of, like, car collectors or car auctions. You know, like, all right, the car's from the 50s. Those those people are slowly dying off. That's yeah. kind of the generation of gaming that... That's a slim market on that one. Yeah. So, I'm curious. I wonder if... With 1UP Arcade, because the original developers of NBA Jam were Midway... And Midway's gone. And so I'm curious if they pick up a lot of these. Wait, what, was it Midway? Yeah, was Midway it? was Yeah, Midway was the original. Okay. Yep. Initially developed as an arcade game by Midway. 
Okay. Um, and they, oh, it's switched. It switched, I think, to Acclaim when they did the 64 version. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It says uh, publishers of the home version of Jam acquired the exclusive rights to release the game under the NBA Jam name, and then EA picked it up. So I'm curious if uh, I'm curious if that's what happens. Like one up picks games that are either like open source or like their licenses are up. Like people didn't renew their licenses because it's the same way with the the uh, Turtles games. Like they don't have a Konami logo or anything on them, and they're able to release them without any kind of they're not getting pulled or there's no kind of legal action against them. So I'm curious if these are almost like open source slash just you know games that are be you know that are either purchasable or they can just if there's no rights anymore and they're just able to use them like they just become like free market games yeah it's interesting um the one of the things that somewhat excites me about what they're doing with the nba jam and the the ability to play other people in it Mm -hmm. through separate cabinets i i hope they get to a point where they do their own online storefront with compatible games that work for your cabinet. God, if they, if they, but <laughs> if they honestly like the board in it, like you built one, like the board that's in it, if it was able to have like a small, like SD card slot or mm-hmm. some kind of like, some kind of like Wi Fi antenna, and then, you know, the SD card slot would essentially be your, uh, would essentially be your, whatchamacallit, your hard drive, quote unquote. Yeah. I, that thing would be killer. And I would, you know, even if the games were like, 15 20 bucks a piece i would still pay that to add more games to the library yeah i think they're gonna get to a point where i mean the people that are buying these cabinets don't have the room for them right so i mean if if they own the licenses or that version in a three-quarter form i mean you think that would be an easy money maker for them yeah i mean the only way i would the only way i would buy multiples of the machines is behind me with all my lego sets i would have to take this like essentially take this whole wall out and i would line them up back there but even then it's like i mean i have my turtles one and i love it as a display piece but it's not one of those things where i'm playing it constantly so i'm it's not i'm not super into buying a whole bunch more of them (laughs) yep and so i'm just um i'm at a point where i'm like okay cool i got the one that i wanted and I'm very happy with the one I wanted. And if I don't get any more, I'm okay with it. Yep, same, same boat. Mine is if my daughter wants to play or if I have somebody come over and, hey, check this out, and they want to play it, and then I'll be like, right. all right. Yeah, the only thing I want for the Turtles one is one up is supposed to release like a matching stool for it for like 100 bucks, And I want the matching stool for it. Yeah, that'll be good. I just yeah. have the little workshop stool right now. Nice. No, and that's, then I that's should, killer. I should be getting my light up marquee here pretty soon. Yeah, you have to send, you have to post pictures of that definitely to see how it looks because then you can be the guinea pig and I might actually do it. Well, it's really interesting. Like I bought it from the website of the guy that makes it, and then hmm. I think I was on was it Etsy or something like that, and I just typed in TMNT Arcade, mm-hmm. and people are selling them for triple the price on there. Oh yeah, Etsy Etsy turned into like a really shitty Amazon, you know, in certain aspects of it. It's the same way the people who, who do like, there's people that have like pre-made, you know, quote unquote, like pre-built sets that you can, uh, that come with all the parts that you need instead of doing it yourself and looking for all the parts to modify your cabinet. And at maximum, even with the retro, you know, even with the raspberry Pi and everything, you're looking at maybe hundred, 120 bucks in parts. And the cheapest one that I saw, there was a guy, he wanted $270 for it. And he's like, this is all the stuff that you need, and you already have it set. No looking on the internet. And it's like, it's like if you found it, then I can definitely find it. I don't know if, yep. you know, I, I don't understand. Like, there's YouTube and everything like that. It's just I'm fucking lazy, and I know I end up screwing something up. So I'm just like, nah, I don't feel like messing with this thing. I'm just going to leave it as is. Yeah. <laughs> so, outside of that, um, Toast has a few topics, but... Did you have anything you wanted to bring up? Mm, no, not that I know of. Not that not off the top of my head. Damn, you make it easy. I know, right? But um, yeah, Toast put an article in our notes. Oh God, that, that Plague Inc. best-selling app in China after 
coronavirus outbreak. And then the cre- creators warn it's not a game for a scientific model. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because it's like, oh, shit, you know how Plague Inc. works? No, I don't. Uh, it's like, it pretty much it's <laughs> pretty much it's like a, uh, one of those games where you're literally just watching like a plague spread. And, but oh, it, it spreads at like an exponential rate. It's not like, oh, five cases here, eight cases here. It's like 8,000 cases here, 25,000 cases. Man, it's like the world is consumed. And you're like trying to fight it back. And it's, yeah, it, it's fucking, it's definitely not a model that you need to base it off of. Man, so that, that shit's pretty, pretty wild over there right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, it's like 2,700 cases right now. That are yeah, in, uh, and what they say it originated with uh, snakes and bats eating. Yeah, it, well, I mean, you know, when you have, you know, when you have a country and their culture goes over and eats a lot of things that we consider foreign, but it's common for them. It, oh, there is no such thing as waste over there. Yeah, right, right, and so what happens is that they think that it may have been contracted from that. But another thing that I was reading was that. And this is coming from CNN that it was actually, they think, you know, analysts are saying that it may have originated from a biowarfare lab. Like, part of it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's directly that's, from CNN. That's scary shit, yeah. Yeah, that's from CNN.com. I'm like, holy shit, like, this is like, you know, in the grand scheme of Resident Evil, this is like the B virus, and eventually we're going to get to the T virus. And so it's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. This one causes bronchitis, but the next one's going to cause zombieism. <laughs> Yeah, no, and then I'm like thinking, I'm like, all the cities like around me that have direct flights to China. Yeah, I'm like, and I think yeah, there's one case in Dallas, which is, I mean, it's a couple it's, hours from me at least. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not a thing right now where to like do a bunch of like fear mongering, but I mean, definitely be more cautious about the world around you in terms of you know making sure your hands are washed, using hand sanitizer, things like that. One thing I did read that was pretty cool is one of the people i'm not sure what state they're in but they're pretty much being treated by a robot really like it's like a essentially like an ipad on wheels but they distribute all of his medication through this through this robot and they have him completely they have the person i don't know if it's i don't know if it's a male or female that they have completely isolated but it's like a robot that's doing all the work because the yeah, because the way apparently the virus can manipulate itself into different things, it can turn into different things. So they're not sure what's like the most recent person that got infected. Like they, they or was infected that came here was they said they were fine. They just they they tested positive for it, but there was no signs of like any kind of major distress or anything like that. Okay. So. Yeah, my dad used to go to China a lot of times for work back in the mid-2000s. Oh, wow. And when there was one of those kind of epidemics going on over there, he told me, like, as soon as he got to the airport, he was in Shanghai, and the shuttle would get to the airport, and they would make you roll down your windows, and they would check your temperature before you even got out of the car. Yeah, it's 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 super scary seeing how, how much the... how much... China is like quarantining everyone to the point where they're not letting I think it's Wuhan that the main area where it's coming from and to the point where you're seeing like videos on Reddit of them not letting people leave the city like I I'm curious how the other people made it out of China and into the United States and I will say at least China's trying its best to keep it you know keep it at bay but I mean you're seeing videos like I said you're seeing videos posted on Reddit where like hospitals are running out of beds and you know they can't treat people fast enough because they don't know what's going on with them or what it's going to mutate to and so it's just Mm -hmm. it's a it's a terrifying thing i mean you know people have compared it to like a new plague and i'm like well i mean you're not fucking lying this was 30 years ago there'll be a lot of people there'll be a lot more people dead oh absolutely yeah so that's well, our, uh, that was the, a uh, real depressing conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's our news minute, folks. Uh, they can hear it, the complete geeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but talk about viruses. Come on. <laughs> uh, at least it's not like a STDs. The usual conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super gonorrhea has made it out. <laughs> um, yeah. Another thing to talk about is the leaked pictures of the Xbox Series X that 
somebody probably got in a lot of trouble for taking pictures of. Uh, you're talking about the one where it's like the front of it and the back of it? Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, what were, what were your thoughts on seeing it? I was, I was shocked that it didn't have a HDMI in like the, like the Xbox one does. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I mean, they, they obviously probably have the metrics actually who uses them. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I used it when I actually had cable down here. And then when I dropped cable, I didn't feel the need to have to use it anymore. So I'm not disappointed that it's not there. I just thought it was weird because, you know, they touted the Xbox one as like this big, like entertainment center. And now you're moving to the series X and it's like, sorry, we fucked up. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah. And Mm. I had the same thought as I don't have cable anymore. I don't really have a need for it. Right. But I still see people on my friends list that are watching TV on Xbox. Yeah. Which is weird to me. And, uh, Another thing is, too, is I guess the USB ports are just high-speed USB-A. I was shocked that there wasn't at least one USB-C port, but I guess I guess for cost, there's no point of putting a USB-C on there, especially if it has a solid-state drive built in. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. And, I mean, the funny thing, like, my, my dad just bought a new car the other day, mm-hmm. and he got a 2020 Explorer. And in the oh, back shit. seat, it has a USB-C port. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm surprised to see like a car would have that and not an Xbox, which is really the going to be the standard. Right, which is a couple things about USB-C. Um, one, there's a possibility where the iPhone is actually going to have to switch to USB-C because of uh, the UK trying to normalize plugs to help mm-hmm. reduce like waste. And so they're they're thinking they're like pretty much taking votes on it now. And if they move to USB C and establish that USB C is the standard, then either Apple has got to like pretty much the next iPhone is going to be USB C, or they're going to have to make special ones that are just for Europe that are USB C, which I think is crazy. But also in the same turn, like USB C is essentially Lightning. It's just the pass through port. It's just a faster passing rate in terms of like charging and things like that and it's idiot proof you can insert it up or down it doesn't (laughs) i was gonna say yeah usb you have 50 percent chance of plugging it in wrong and i swear i do 100 percent of the time and and apple's moving in that direction anyway because my iphone to have a speed charger like it comes with a brick but it's not usb a anymore it's usb c to lightning and then yeah and then my wife just picked up a macbook air Mm -hmm. like a week ago and all the ports on it are USB-C. There's no USB-A ports on it. Which I thought was fucking weird. Yeah. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, but. and so I'm I'm shocked by it because you would think that you know they would move to that, but I guess we're not there yet possibly. Yeah, unless that's one of those things of midlife console generations of oh, if we don't want to put it on the first one, we'll save it for the next one. Right. Another thing Another thing that I thought was weird, and a lot of people can't determine whether it's because it's like a dev kit, so it's a diagnostic port or not. Like, right, if you're looking at the console, like, dead on, like, it's laid on the ground, you have the HDMI port, and right above it, you have this, like, long rectangular port. It doesn't have a name or anything. It's just a long rectangular port. Almost you, like, plug in, like, a vid ribbon or something into it. You can't see any of the prongs or anything, but... A lot of people have been saying that they think it might be like a diagnostic port because it's a, like a prototype. So yeah, I, that, I saw that. Yeah, and it, it's, it makes sense, but it's also weird to see on essentially what the final console design is. I'd expect yeah. to see it on like a dev kit or something, but yeah, yeah, seeing it on something that close, I guess because it's a prototype. But I mean, like you said, even coming like that's essentially the final design, which. The more I'm looking at it, the more I like it. But <laughs> I'm just curious where the fuck I'm gonna put it. See, I I had the opposite feeling. I don't know if oh, it really? was just the the fact that the pictures are well. The first time you see it, you see it in that really cool video of the mm-hmm. the water, everything around it, and then this one, I just see it laying on carpet, and I'm like, man, it's just a blah black box. I I will tell you this from from my perspective is that. Microsoft 
as much as they try, they cannot really design a console for shit. And here's my argument. Like, when the PS2 came out, you're like, man, this is a big piece of hardware. And then the OG Xbox came out. And that son of a bitch weighed, like, 13, 14 pounds. Like, I, I'm looking at one from across the room. And it's just this big, gaudy son of a bitch. And you're like, where the fuck? What the fuck is this thing? And then they moved to the 360, which is almost the same size as the as the OG Xbox. And it's the same thing. It's these weird lines. It doesn't really look like anything. It's almost like a white blob with a curve in the front. And, you know, especially compared to the PlayStation 3, it was like... Okay, well, you can definitely tell the difference between what one looks like a $600 console versus which one that looks like a $400 console. Yeah, the, and, the, the yeah. 360 just looked like a micro PC of today. Yeah, and then once they, you know, and once they get into the smaller consoles, it gets better. Like I like the not the not the Xbox 360E, which is like the last one, but the one right before it, like the slim model. The one that yeah. released like the R2D2 one, that's a better looking console because it's a little bit more form factor and you're like, oh, okay, cool. And, you know, the touch button on the front rather than a physical button. Yep. It's nice. But uh, and then you get to the Xbox One. The OG Xbox One, I swear to God, it to me, and I don't care what anybody says and they can argue, it looked like a goddamn VCR. <laughs> like it did. Like I was expecting to have some kind of like digital monochrome time in the front. And it just, you know, the cartridge, it just spit out big giant cartridges that were tape driven. It was just like, it was, I was just like, holy shit, this thing is huge. And especially looking at like the original PlayStation 4, which is more, the PlayStation 4s were all like long, not really like thick. And then this monster comes out and you're like, holy shit. And then you realize that half of it's a fan. You're like double shit. And that it did not have an internal power supply. (laughs) Yeah. Which is cool about the Series X. The Series X looks like yeah. it has an internal power supply. And I'm I I've come to the point where I, I kind of I really don't care either way, but I kind of like having an, an external power supply or if the internal power supply is not near something that is vital. Like the PlayStation three, the reason why the original ones would fuck up is because the power supply is sitting right over the motherboard in a processor. So not only do you have a bunch of heat generating from the actual console itself running, but then the power supply is just generating heat right on top of the processor. And that's why all the freaking thermo compound would crack over the years because you just got a bunch of heat that's dumping onto the poor thing. Well, even the way the the original PlayStation 3 was designed, it had that domed shell, which does not allow for any ventilation. No. And if you take it, if you take it off, like I said, 95% of it is a power supply. You're just like, when you open it up, you're just looking at a power supply and you're like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. That's why there was like modifications online where people have gone over and like made the power supply external. And apparently that cuts down the heat significantly and improves the life on it. But I ain't going into all that because I don't feel like fucking dealing with a, was it 10 year old console right now or 13 year old console? Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another thought with just basically this prototype coming out. Obviously, they're in the wild. I still, I would put money on this, that I think the Series X is coming out well before fall. You think so? I I just, the way that it's going to play everything, backwards compatible, Game Pass, I don't, I don't see a need for an expensive console to come out right in fall with a mad rush. I mean, the Switch proved that it can be done. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, and I mean, the the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X has a lot going for it, and if it can come out and strike while the iron's hot, I can see them, you know, flip flopping and winning this generation, especially with Game Pass and everything. They just got to get out in front of. As long as Sony fumbles, if they if they announce that the PlayStation Four can emulate all the way back to PS One. They're in deep shit. And, you know, that's the rumor and speculation right now, which I don't yeah. understand why the fuck they don't do it. You know, but it, you would see you would see a lot of shit, especially with Microsoft, like, using that as a focal point of their sales for the Xbox One. It's it's sort of a, like a stupid maneuver, especially with emulation now. All these, all these games can be emulated perfectly fine. Even on a PlayStation 4. I mean, obviously we've seen it with a lot of the PS3 remasters that mm-hmm. run significantly better on PlayStation 4. So imagine 
two generations removed running PlayStation 3 games because you're already talking about improving PlayStation 4 games. So it isn't like these games can't run. And people are not expecting, like, improvements or anything. They just want the games. They just want to be able to play the damn game. Like, I have a PlayStation 2 and a PlayStation 3 hooked up. So it's if I can clear all that stuff out and have one single console there, like, I... I mean, I'm going to buy both regardless just to, you know, because I got to keep up with the Joneses and I'm an asshole. Uh, <laughs> it's just I would I would probably buy a PlayStation first. Yeah, I'm I'm just curious on how PlayStation is going to handle. I I can see them running into issues of users with digital libraries and how they, they're going to carry that forward just because their online infrastructure has been so wonky. Yeah, and it would be different. It would be different if I wouldn't have all these physical games. There's a lot of physical games that have lost rights over the years. If Sony did a thing like Xbox, if they did a thing like Game Pass and released all those games like their PS2 classics, their PS1 classics, if they released it on some kind of digital service and released it so that way you can download the game, you can play the game, and then you can just, you know, stop playing the game when you want to and have like incremental upgrades, like, you know, like, graphic smoothing, running at a little bit higher, you know, resolution, things like that. But it's like Sony, it's like after the PlayStation 3, after the initial PlayStation 3, it's just, I don't know, they just like lost their way. And especially when it comes to like, it, it's, I can see with the original like big PlayStation 3, because that was definitely, that was, it actually had like a mini PlayStation 2 built into it. Yep. And then they switched over emulation. And it's at a point now where, you know, even running those emulators, just tripping the machine into thinking that it's running something and just reading a disc, it, it would take, you know, a a fraction of what, you know, what the system will need to do or any kind of space. I mean, Christ's sakes, I could run a freaking, I can run Super Nintendo games off my goddamn watch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's, yeah, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like a, a thing of like, just put it in there. Even if people don't use it, it's still a selling point. Like that will sell the shit out of consoles. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. I think yeah. Looking at Xbox or what they're doing, I don't think it's a terribly large investment, but yeah, it's just a good thing to have and just to keep the history and archiving of games alive. Yeah, I mean, you know, like especially with things like Microsoft has done, like Kotor, you know, Knights of the Old Republic. If you look at the original Xbox version, like I have a disc and it plays on my Xbox one and then it has a patch where it's, it's scaled up to a resolution that works. And so it's not, it doesn't look like a hot mess. It looks like the PC version. It's just not running 60 frames a second, but the resolution wise, it's like they even released that and they didn't have to do that. It wasn't a thing where you had to purchase it or anything, but it's just, it was a selling point. Cause it's like, cool. I mean, I keep my OG Xbox hooked up for like obscure games but, you know, any other game that isn't compatible with the Xbox One, I won't play it on my original Xbox. I'm not one of those people where I'm like, I need to play it on original hardware. I can give two shits about that. If I can play it in an upscaled version of the game and it plays on my Xbox One, cool. I, I'm down for that. Yeah. And I think, even from the standpoint of backwards compatibility, it's such a no-brainer for developers, especially looking at, all right, which, say, like Mirror's Edge. Um, that they can say, okay, who's playing the original? Is it worth bringing back another title? Correct. That they they get value out of the IP to see if it's still alive. Yeah, I mean, you you would still get the metrics, like especially if you're sharing your data with PlayStation and stuff like that, in terms of what's being played. And I I don't know. It's just to me, it's it's self explanatory now that emulation is so cheap and effective i mean you know all these mini consoles that they've released are all emulators mm -hmm. it's so it's i mean you emulate you obviously emulate ps1 even though it's a shit emulation but you obviously put 20 games onto a freaking mini console and there's room for tons more in the same way with the other one so you can't tell me that you there's no way of doing that and leaving it into a console and even just making it a feature. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's it's going to be interesting. And I 
like how open Microsoft is with everything that they're doing, but I also I love how PlayStation is keeping everything so close to the chest. Because, yeah. man, last generation, they did the same thing and basically just threw big FEs to Microsoft on every step they took. I think a lot of times with I think a lot of times with Sony, I think they modify a lot of things based on what Microsoft is doing. Oh, so I, I think they, I can imagine. I, yeah. Yeah, I think they monitor a lot of things, especially, you know, fumbling with the PlayStation 3. I think they monitor a lot of things and they see like what's trending and stuff like that and so they go back and, you know, they're like, "All right, well, Xbox has this. You know, what can we do with that? Oh, you can do that as a feature? Okay, cool." I mean, the getting back to the backwards compatible thing. I mean, Christ sakes, freaking Nintendo does it for the Switch, and it's a free mm -hmm. service. It's you know, or twenty dollars a year, but I mean, you get all these games for free. You don't have to pay any extra for them. Yeah, and yeah. then cl closing out on PlayStation, um, PlayStation games on PC is becoming more and more of a rumor. I guess more as a thing, and. How, how do you feel about it as somewhat taking the step that Microsoft has taken of console exclusives don't mean they're, they can't go to PC? Uh, for me, especially games that are obscure, like, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn is not obscure, but, and it got a lot of hype behind it, but if more people can play it to get, you know, Sony and like, was it Gorilla? Gorilla Studios yep. that made it? If they can get them more sales to go over and have Sony, you know, green light a sequel right away or green light something else for them. Because a lot of times that's what happens with a lot of developers. They, they'll go over and make a big game like Horizon Zero Dawn. And because the sales are so big, that gives them leeway to like bargain for other games. Like, oh, well, can I, you know, since we developed this, can we develop this? And it's like, oh, well, you have the needs and wants to do that. Yeah, let's do it. And so... If more people can get their hands on the game, it's more power to them. But it's the only thing to me is like, especially with Microsoft. Yeah, I understand that everything runs on Windows and, you know, the Windows sector of Microsoft gets money. But you almost have to be careful of like shooting yourself in the foot because you're almost, you know, you're almost going over and getting rid of your own existence. You know yep. what I mean? In terms of consoles. Yeah, yeah, you're just kind of devaluing it to an extent. Yeah. And I mean, there there is something to be said that it is very special to PlayStation. Oh, I'm the only person that gets to play God of War. Yeah. And and another thing is, too, is it might be one of those things where... Because I know, I know what you're talking about, like the job opening for like a graphics person that's dealt with like this, this, and this. It might be one of those things where like their hardware is constructed similar to it. Mm -hmm. And it might be one of those things where, like, hey, we need someone that is used to this that can work on what we're working on. So it can, I mean, it's a lot of things. It's, it's, it, games could be coming to PC, but then also it could be in the same turn that it's like, hey, we, you know, need somebody that works on this because our game or our console or whatever is built similar to it. And so it can be a lot of things. Or they can, or is Sony starts with certain games and just releasing PC versions along them, but, you know, it's, it's a toss-up. Or just everything can come to Stadia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that thing. I, what, was it recently that somebody said that they were giving away Stadias? Oh, I've... I've uh, gosh, where was that? Oh, uh, they were doing something where it was... God, that thing is... Yeah, I, uh, I don't even know where to start with that. I don't even give a fuck. That <laughs> thing, I'm glad. I'm glad you all canceled your pre-orders because that thing was trash. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's ahead of its time, but it's you got you got to have some content to sell it. You have content to sell it, and then you can't freaking nickel and dime everybody to run it freaking fifty different ways. If you want to run it in four K, you got to have this. If you run run in ten eighty P, you don't have to buy this, but you you know got to make sure that you have this. And oh yeah, by the game, you know by the way, ten year old games are the same price as they were back in ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I yeah. think that'll wrap us up for this week. Yeah, here I said it was going to be a short episode, and here we are, an hour later. I know, no shit. Right. But um yeah, next week Toast will be back. Yep. 
And if you guys want to join our Discord, um, it will be in the show notes. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, where can they find us? <laughs> at the Complete Geeks. Where can they find you? They can find me at Damn It Bob nineteen eighty four. And they, you can find me at Organic Avenger three. And, and you can't find Toast anywhere because he doesn't want to be fucking found. Yeah, not worth looking for. <laughs> yep. Just find a gross, wrinkly foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> and either. <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate you guys listening. All right, thank you so much, guys. See you later.